This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Uh, today we get a great uh, day to talk to somebody who is a musician. She is an entertainer. She's an author. She's a teacher. She does all kinds of cool stuff. And we're going to talk to her about uh, her company, which is called Pipsqueak Piano, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but first, I have to talk to Nathan. Nathan, how are you? Good morning, Kevin. I'm doing well. And believe it or not, at one point, I was a Pipsqueak and I also played piano. Really? I was, you yes. know, thank you. If you were, <laughs> I know that you are um, working in um, a church doing some things mm -hmm. and, and stuff, but I didn't know if you were an actual musician. Uh, before doing sound, I was playing keyboards and stuff like that for the church, doing like synth type stuff. And oh. then before that, I took piano lessons probably about 10 to 12 years. Started off as a little pipsqueak playing Ode to Joy on like a 20 key keyboard. And how old were you when you started doing that? Oh, I probably had to have been like between three or five. And that changed, that didn't change your life, but it sure added to it. It definitely it? did. I still look back on that and remember, you know, my grandparents had this upright piano and I really enjoyed playing on it and actually figuring out what the notes were and making them work rather than just getting to the piano, you know, bang, 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 bang with my fists and listening to the loud, fun sounds. You know, I actually tried to make something out of it. Well, cool. That's you know, it's really sad. We had a grand piano in our house when my children were growing up, mm -hmm. and you know who the only one who played the piano? Ooh, Papa! I want to say it was you. No, you a piano my, player too. It was my cat. Oh, hey, keyboard cat! Before keyboard cat was cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> what he would, what she would do is she would plunk something and then. Uh, because she, she could see the uh, the hammer going down, uh, she would plunk it, then then look at the hammer, and then look something else. And, but I couldn't get <laughs> the kids to play. All the mechanics of the piano. Yeah, and uh, but I couldn't get the kids to do it. Um, but oh. so they, had, they had that for for years in the house, and nobody played it. Mm, especially a grand piano too. I know. And it was it was really sad. But in any event, we've got, uh, first of all, what's the weather going to be like this weekend? Good? Over this weekend, looks like we're going to be going to have sunny skies on Saturday and just a little bit of clouds on Sunday. But temperatures nice and moderate, you know, high 80s, low, I mean, sorry, high eight, high 70s, low 80s. Perfect. I'm so Perfect. used to being it in the high 80s. It's just like, that's the flow I want to go with. Yeah, you know that there's a big difference between if it's 78 and 88. I don't know what that is, but it, for me, it's <laughs> just a big difference. It determines whether you put on your air conditioner unit or not. If I had one, that would have been a good idea, yes. But <laughs> or open or close your windows. That that does work. That and, and fans galore, fans everywhere. Oh, yeah. Get that circulation going. Good. Well, I'm glad that you're here because you're a musician. I played guitar for a while, but um, gave that up when years ago. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're a musician. So if you want to chime into the conversation that we're going to have with Brittany Smith, you can do that anytime you want to. Sure. Well, let's go ahead and bring her on as the featured performance for today. Absolutely. Brittany, how are you, my friend? Hi. 
Hi, hi, Kevin. I'm doing well. And Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that story. That That's so cool about your past. Yeah, it's oh. amazing how much, you know, being a little kid and doing all those things uh, plays into your future. You never realize that. Big time. Big time. Well, you know, there are actually studies out there that, that have correlated piano and music, especially taking that or, or learning it at a young age to mm -hmm. later success in so many fields, not just piano, but just in general in life. So, you know, I, uh, I, I second that. I think that there's definitely something there. There's something profound about being exposed to music at such a young age. What, what, sure. do, the, what do the studies tell us? Why is that an important thing? Now, the why is interesting. I think the why is probably what, uh, what scientists and people on that field would probably know better. But the, the studies... And you can go to my website, which is www.pipsqueakpiano.com, P-I-P-S-Q-U-E-A-K, piano.com. And on my website, I have a link that says studies show. And I have gone through the internet and done my research about um, there's there's things from Cambridge, there's things from Harvard, there's things from like big names and big studies that have done. And a lot of them were with piano, some were with violin, some were in general with music. And they show that students who participate in these activities at younger ages, tend to do better in school. They tend to do better in higher academics. They tend to get higher grades, even if they don't continue on those instruments. That's what was really fascinating. Now these studies have been have been done, um, well, I would say for a long time, you know what I mean? They've been started a long time ago, but the, the links that you'll find are recent links uh, for, for studies that have been done. So please check that out. It's really a great thing. That's one of the reasons that when my son's daycare asked me to do music, I thought, well, gosh, yes, absolutely. And let's do piano, you know? So, uh, and in doing so, I found surprisingly that there are not um, a lot of piano or, or music or musicians that are offering to ages under five. That seems to be a, an age group that misses out on piano lessons. So that kind of became my mission to expose and, uh, and expand uh, piano and music education for preschoolers. That's really, that's really cool. Now, you, you do that, and so your, your target audience is under six. Is that yes. right? Yes. And so if you are a mommy or a daddy or a grandmommy or a granddaddy, and you have got a preschooler that you would like to give them a really a taste of, of something great, it would, it would be awesome for you to contact Brittany and, and to set up a time when you guys could talk about it. Because they also, I was looking, my, my uh, granddaughter has a little itty-bitty teeny-weeny piano. And that that she can sit on the bench and actually have her feet on the ground, and yeah. and I had no such I no idea that they made such a thing. Yep, I got one right here. Actually, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a baby, baby, baby grand piano. That's so adorable. <laughs> that that really is, and uh, um, it, now is that do, do those pianos have all the keys? 
they well well they don't have all 88 keys no but but they do function that's one of the also on my website you'll see an approved piano list i always recommend that starting with ages under under six so ages five and under that you go ahead and and purchase um what is considered a toy but it's a functional toy so for instance this one behind me where each of the keys still play they still have sound every single one of them and it's a fun sound it's like schroeder you know i think of schroeder and on, on uh, or uh schroeder that's what his name is schroeder on um peanuts. on peanuts i love you know what i mean and he he played this most masterful music but he was on these little toy <laughs> but frankly um it's it's better to use these they're more approachable for for children at their age they're they're a little more accurate for their hands to be in the correct position. And then they're not as expensive if something were to happen to it, which is okay, you know? And being that a six-year-old is playing with it, sometimes they can break and stuff like that. But but it's, it's important because, uh, Nathan? Yeah, I was just going to ask, how is it making the tone? Is it like a xylophone? So it's like a hammer hitting a xylophone bar or... Is there actual strings? There's actual strings. Yeah. So, so you got to tune it sometimes. Yeah. Well, and you can hear it's getting a little out of tune. So that's where you'll find <laughs> the difference between the like $40 little instruments and the $150 ones. Because those ones, which that's pretty pricey for a toy, right? But those $150 ones are because they, those strings are, are much stronger. The sound will be uh. better and the quality will last longer. So, but it does have a little bit more childish tone to it like not a typical you know warm sound of a piano it's a little bit brighter and more appealing to a kid's ears yeah it's a little more honky tonk Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that kind of piano you can hear and it's fun but you know there's also little keyboards even that they make um where all of the white keys and black keys function and usually they're about 30 keys and all of these are perfect they're perfect for that age group because exactly like you said it's very likely that something will happen and, um, you know, I had a really wonderful conversation with a friend of mine who, who is a, a doctorate in psychology. And he told me that the part of the brain that expresses love and, and affection also is connected to the part of the brain for aggression, which is why sometimes little, little itty bitty kids, like, it's so cute, and they squeeze it. <laughs> you know, and they got to rip the thing apart. That's just, there's a weird function in the brain so sometimes when a kid runs to the toy instrument and they're so excited and they want to just hit it and they do they often do hit the piano like this you know we want to provide an environment where okay okay that's that's a really strong sound but maybe let's play like this where we we don't say no to it we say yes to it it's okay to love the instrument but let's kind of Let's, you know, modify how we approach it. And then if something does happen and they do break it, that's another lesson. Uh-oh, look what happened when we did that. As opposed to if you're really saying, no, don't do that, you're constantly saying no to them. I think that a child may not may not separate the no from love to the no from aggression. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, my granddaughter is, she's on the spectrum. And so she has a tendency to be a little wild from time to time. But when she's playing the piano, she is very calm and relaxed. And she's very focused on that because she wants to create a a cool sound. So she actually is playing. She's playing music. She's playing songs. Yeah. 
and and she's very calm when she does it and so that is a real great outlet for 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 them if they're on the spectrum or whether they're not uh, but it also teaches discipline doesn't it big time that's 100 percent the at the end of the day the thing that that we're giving that we're that we're giving children is to sit down have a task complete the task love that you did it and go <laughs> And go. So that's that's a hundred percent discipline is the great one of the great secret gifts that taking piano gives. I got to ask you then, um, what do you recommend as far as because I played guitar and Mm. there were days in the summertime when my mother said, you have to practice an hour a day or I'm not going to pay for lessons. Um, and so consequently in the summertime, I, it would not be something that I would want to do because I wanted to go play ball or do something else. And so she quit paying for lessons because I wasn't willing to commit to an hour a day as a teacher of a six-year-old whose attention span ain't that long. How do you teach them or how much do you recommend that the, the parents have them practice on a daily basis? Yes, absolutely. Well, practice is always the struggle, not not just with this age, even with with older age. Practice is the struggle even for college. Okay. I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, that's where we get into discipline, right? So, practice is something that I think that we can start to instill at this age and we can start to teach what it is. And so I try to pair practice with a with a habit that usually happens every day. Like, remember when you brush your teeth? Right after you brush your teeth, try to remember that you go play one song on piano. And now at this point, we're not really sit down and play an hour. That's too much to ask. That's really, that's a lot to ask, actually. Um, How do I want to say this? Um, An hour, an hour if it's focused. But if you're just kind of playing for the hour for the sake of the hour, then it's really, it's it's uh, practice lost, really. It would be better to sit down for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and really focus your brain like, okay, this song is hard. And this specific part of this song is hard. I'm just going to play that for 10 minutes, that hard part. And then I'm done. Then I'm either going to like play whatever I want or I'm going to like go have a chocolate milk. That's what I always tell my students. Go have a chocolate milk after you practice. Treat yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Nathan, yeah. when, you were, when you were five years old, how were you mandated to practice a certain amount of time? Well, yes. now I'm getting into me because <laughs> I was a weird kid because I wanted to play so bad that I would sit on the piano for eight hours a day and my parents would be like, you need to go outside. <laughs> so I was a different, I was a different kid. <laughs> Well, I'm guilty as not practicing enough. You know, I would be like 30 minutes a day is what my teacher asked of me to do. And uh, maybe about 10 to 15 years old, that was still hard to do this 30 minutes a day. Oh, I can I can only make well, I had. And, you know, when you're playing guitar and you're you're you don't have the calluses built up on your fingers um, Mm -hmm. and it can hurt. If you're, if you're playing too much. So you it's something that needs to be, um, I think, a gradual um, stepping up to be able to do that because it it, it hoit. It really did. So it, anyway. does. it does. So, you know, to kind of to ring around, answer your question a little bit. I noticed that 
one of the issues and one of the reason that so many teachers, piano teachers don't take lessons under six is because the lesson length is usually at a minimum 30 minutes. And so you're asking a student who's six or younger, five, three, to sit down, sit still, look at this book for 30 minutes. And simply that structure just doesn't work. It doesn't work for that age group. They're too, they're too energetic, they're too tactile. They, they, they have different, a different way to approach them. So my program cuts that lesson in half. So we have a one-on-one -on -one time of about 10 to 15 minutes where just that happens. We get you here and excited about piano time and then okay, do you remember what we're doing? We're learning this one thing. Do you remember where it is? Show me where that is. Yay, here's a sticker or a stamp, some kind of thing. It's very short, very brief, and then they go back. And then at the same time once a week, we also get together for a group class for about 30 minutes. And that that kind of gives each student about 45 minutes of piano every week and it reinstills those classes. And in group class, we get to do really fun things like play, play with the uh, floor pianos, we get to do all kinds of little games that we do with our fingers and our hands. We have games with YouTube. We do all kinds of really fun stuff. Um, so is it, is it true that if you're uh, the parent and you're saying, look, I'm paying for this and I mandate 30 minutes a day, can't you turn the child off and, and so it becomes a chore rather than a gift and rather than something they want to do? If it's something they have mm -hmm. to do, they they're less likely to want to continue doing it. Yeah, that's the hard. I would say that's a hundred percent the teeter totter that is so hard to manage. And and to answer your question, I'm going to be a little indirect with it because I don't want to discourage parents from from trying to set those up. It's certainly a good thing. At the same time, it's it you know if you're if you push too hard, you might take away some of the love, right? Mm -hmm. So that it is hard. It is so hard. It is something all, I wouldn't say all of my students struggle with, but I would say all my parents struggle with how do I get them to practice more? And I say, just continue to come and show them the videos, try to be like, Hey, what's the thing you're learning? I try to do it in piano too. It's something we do. But as long as, as long as students show up to lesson and they're wanting to be there and they're wanting to do it and they're, they're learning in each lesson, then, then we can take that on. We can learn. But um, but to kind of ring around there, yes, if you're a parent and you're, uh, forcing is the way I used to say it, forcing the instrument, then it might, it's a, it sometimes can be a shot in the foot and that has to be the teeter totter. You have to be really careful with. Now you've been doing music and, and studying music for, ever and also vocals and your voice and 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 you've, uh, you've <laughs> and done a bunch of stuff and we're going to talk about um the band you play in in a little oh, bit oh yeah and you but all first, <laughs> yeah but first um tell us your story how did you started playing young and then you just continued playing well you were an eight hour a day kid and your parents were saying i'm tired of you playing Today. Go well, because you know, all I knew was like C major scale. I played a C major scale for eight hours a day. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> 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 so so I was I am I'm an only child, right? And I my mother was a musician. She was a singer in rock bands and she toured. And I remember I remember being a little kid and watching her on the TV and wanting her to be home, but she had to be at, at rock rock tour so you know there's a, an experience I sort of share my son has a similar thing with me and it's okay I know the, the growing up of that and inside of that I really wanted to do piano 
my mom was like, I don't know, she's too young. Yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until she's old enough. I really wanted to do piano. Started flute when I was like seven. I really wanted piano. So finally, I was like eight or nine. She let me get piano lessons. So at like 13, I started getting voice lessons. And I, I knew what I wanted to do kind of my whole life. I, I always was drawn to music. I'm one of those people where when it's really good music, I get chills all over the body. You know what I mean? It's just I definitely knew my calling on this planet and have, have gone forward with that. I've helped musicians. And when I was 16, started to teach, started to teach piano. Um, I think 18 or 19, I started to teach voice. And then uh, I have helped several musicians and singers on their own get get through their degrees and who are off now doing wonderful things out in the music world. So I feel a little, um, not a little, I feel very proud <laughs> that I've sort of mothered these other musicians who are really off doing wonderful things uh, on this planet in music. And then I get to then kind of grandmother in a certain way, these preschoolers and create this program where now I'm helping other teachers and putting them into school. So that's the crux of my program. If you as a parent kind of contacted me, I'd ask what daycare that you go to. What my what my program does is we place piano teachers who are certified and trained in, in to teach preschoolers and use my books and my curriculum. Um, and to they go into daycares, they go, they would go right into your kids' daycare and it would all happen at the convenience of that. You wouldn't have to go anywhere extra. It would happen right there and we send you video of every lesson. So that's kind of how that, that works. <laughs> I gotta ask you, because it seems to me that if you've got a teacher that's going into a daycare and they're playing and they have a child that's playing and everybody else is standing around watching, it's like, they don't want to stand around and watch. They want to do it too. And yeah. so do you find that when one of your teachers or when you go into a daycare that you end up with two, three or four or five different students because yeah. they're all interested in doing that? Well, I, I have so I have so many things to say about this. I'm about to word vomit at you for like, <laughs> I have so uh, much feel, to say about feel, it. Feel free. You can word vomit. <laughs> Okay, well, here we go. Because it, this comes a little bit around this game of capitalism. So, or rather this game of money that we play, not capitalism. It's this game of money that we, we on this entire planet have decided to play. And that's okay. It's fine. So in having to play that, I wish, I wish I could go into a daycare and just teach piano to everyone because I can't. And then I could find teachers who want to do that and put them in there just because they can. But they do have to play this game of money, right? And that is the unfortunate part. So the students that are enrolled and registered are the ones we take. But having said that, I spent a year really not liking that I would go in and so many students would want to, but I can't, I can't take them because they're not enrolled, right? But what I can do is I can come and I can do singing and dance for the whole school. So what my program does, if you are a daycare that really wants to have some kind of music in your program, please reach out to me. Please contact me because if you enroll the piano program and we have registrations happening for piano, then we offer up to an hour of free music at your daycare where we'll come in and we'll do singing and dancing for the whole daycare. That way nobody feels out. Nobody will ever feel left out. That's brilliant. Well, it came to me because, you know how this came to me? 
partly because I do I do singing and dance at, at the daycares that are already enrolled. This was a it's a separate program, but of all the daycares um, that I called, I found so many don't have music at mm -hmm. all, any music at all. And they, when we started to negotiate price, and then I'm talking big name daycares, and I'm not going to name them, but big name daycares, these are corporate daycares that are everywhere. And there's several of them that, that I contacted. And it comes down to after the pandemic, all of the extracurricular activities that were coming into daycares ceased. For the most part, it ceased. And the owners prefer it that way. It's easier. That's what I was told. That it's easier for them just to... Just to, to not have anyone come in, just keep it this way. No, we don't, you know what? We don't need it. It's it's easier this way. We don't need to have someone because it takes something to bring in an outside vendor into a daycare, right? They have to be fingerprinted and certified. There's a certification that the state also sure. has to do, right? So it takes something to, to bring someone in. And, and I've done that process. But what I said, frankly, right on the phone to these people, I said, well, that sucks for the kids, doesn't it? And you'd think that now this is just me getting putting my marketing hat on. If every daycare operates the same way and you decide that you're going to operate your daycare a little bit differently and you offer some of these things that go above and beyond basic warehousing of children, that you you might get more people that are interested in their child being excited about going to daycare rather than <laughs> my children hated daycare because it wasn't like they were doing anything fun they were just being warehoused there until we picked them up and they hated it i had my youngest son is an escape artist and he used to escape all the time <laughs> because he hated it he absolutely oh, it's because they didn't engage their mind. No. And that's and and you know, I, I won't take all the credit. I think that um Stepping Stones Kids Academy in Redmond that really is the daycare that helped me begin and initiate this program that has allowed to go into other places, even into other states. Um that daycare is a really phenomenal daycare. They really are. So having said that, I will say also that I, I get a lot of students who come to me and say, or parents that say music is their favorite class. Like students go home and say, I just absolutely love the music and the dance class. And it only happens once a week. So it really is a, a favored thing. So um, yes, I think that it's it was missing. And I decided, well, if my mission is to expand music in preschool, and here's preschool literally telling me, no, because it's just easier. Well, then I'll give you something really, really easy. I'll literally give you free music to bring this in. So I'm very, that's, that's where that came from. And that's what I'm hoping. And yeah, from a marketing standpoint, I would hope, I would hope too that, that some things, but you know, they have their reasonings. And I was talking to pretty big daycares, so like big corporate names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, I'm like nobody. To them, probably. <laughs> Well, and, and big daycares, uh, they've got a certain op operating system that they operate by. I used to sell them food, and it was the same thing. It was it was like they would get the same things every week, and every week you try and sell them something different. It's like, no, it's just easier. Our cook knows how to do this, and that's it. And so the kids, they're, they're, they're not engaged with the, the food necessarily or the nutrition involved with it. 
nearly as much as they could be. So, um, but by the way, we're talking with uh, Brittany Smith. She not only has a uh, company called Pipsqueak Piano, and go to pipsqueakpiano.com to find out more about her, but she's also a rock star. Oh. And she, and she does. <laughs> well, well, I got to tell you. <laughs> and uh, in the second half of the program, we need to take a little break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what's it like? Well, as, as a matter of fact, in August, they're going to Sturgis. That's now, right. if you don't know what Sturgis is, that's where a quarter of a million or so, give or take, um, Harley bikers go to a particular place and they have several venues where they've got music in several venues and stuff. I'm going to ask her, what's it like for a pretty young girl like you and your and you're also the other singing partner who is um, what's your name again? Crystal. Crystal. And mm -hmm. you two are quite a pair. What's it like for you guys to be playing in front of a bunch of smelly old bikers? <laughs> now maybe that's maybe that's a little. Um, um, I don't want anybody to come to my house to, who is a smelly old biker. So maybe <laughs> typical. Uh, but at the same time, it's it, you know with long beards and and drinking beer and 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 having a great time. I want to ask you about that and also. Um, What's it like to be a rock star and to play uh -huh. and to have and stuff like that? So we're we need to take a break and uh, uh, come back. I think about that. <laughs> yes, indeed. You think about that, and we'll be right back. By the way, we are also going to be on at three o'clock this afternoon on Kixie again. So this is our Positive Talk Radio is on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday. So this is our Friday noon show. And then we have a three o'clock show on Kixie and we have a wellness coach who is just really, really funny. And she had, uh, we did a little short with her and she got 5,000 views in like three weeks. Um, and so, wow. so stay tuned for that. Go to Kixie at three and, uh, but stay tuned for us for the rest of uh, this hour, because we're going to talk to Brittany about What's it like? Because, you know, a lot of people don't know what it's like. I've never been a rock star. I have no idea what it's mm -hmm. like to do that, that thing. I've been on stage before, but never, never doing rock star stuff. And so it'll be interesting to talk about it. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 AM. Nathan, take it away. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project, which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we'll lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words, communicate. You can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. 
www.naturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio, video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at KMmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. It's a Friday, Friday noon, 1230. I hope you're having a nice lunch. I hope you're staying with us for the entire time. You can sit in your car and you can listen to us and listen to us talk to Brittany about what it's like to be a star. And just a- <laughs> oh, you, well, you, you sell me so high. Thank you so much, Kevin. That's really sweet. And yes, Sturgis is an incredible show. This is actually our third year going, our third year going. So feel a little old hat, a little old hat. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, it's an, it's a different experience every time. And to answer your smelly old biker question, you're so funny. No, I, you know what? I would say, like you said, millions of people come through. The first year that we were there was one of the biggest years. It broke some record. It was incredible how many people uh, were there. And I forget, I'm not going to name it, but I can tell you it was millions and millions of people were there. And then, um, you know, the following year, it's, I, I don't, I don't think it was as many, but it's up there still. You know what I mean? They have, Tons and tons of people, and they're all kinds everywhere. All sorts of people you would never expect from um, just just everyone, all all sorts. And so I think it's an amazing experience. It certainly is a no PC experience. <laughs> yeah, you can't be politically correct in a situation like that. But uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Years ago. On KKNW, I did a show called Kevin McDonald Presents, and we presented uh, local rock bands, and it was a late-at-night show, and they would come into the studio, and we would play, and they would play their music, and, and then we would talk to them and stuff like that. Um, I've learned two things about rock people. Number oh, yeah. one, you have to um, give them space to be able to talk the way they want to, but the other thing is, you have to be careful of what they say because they can use colorful language that's just not allowed on radio. Have you you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> we, yes. we we have uh uh and Nathan will attest to this, we have something called a seven second delay. Which oh. means you yes, we, it is good, but which means that anytime somebody says something, and this is a little radio trivia for some folks. Every time somebody says something like the F word or the S word or something like that, then they hit a button and it takes that half of a second off of the uh, the feed so that it sounds like you're going to say, you know, I was just going to, and then I was going to, and so they don't get to say the word. And, but every time you hit the button, it takes a certain 
a certain number of seconds off of that seven second delay. Uh, Nathan, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, some of those units sounded like will work like that. Kind of depends on what you have. Well, this is this goes back to 2005. So this was like that, I think. And uh, have you ever have you ever run out of seven second delay, Nathan? <laughs> Actually, the one I have uh, gets rid of the entire seven seconds at once. So you better be on your good behavior there, Brittany. Oh, I see. You get a one time shot. <laughs> yeah, you get one time and then you're off the air. Yeah, because when, what happened in this case was I was doing a live show at the High Dive, which is in Fr Fremont. That's there yeah. last week. It's a great little place. Great little place, and uh, and this one guy, he 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 was fascinated with the F word. Now he was an adult, and you'd think that an adult could figure this out, but he so he he kept on using it, and they kept on hitting the seven second delay, and it went down to nothing. And so and so the the gentleman and that was the board op at the time canceled the show, uh, and said, oh, no, you're out, you're out of here," you know. So that is um, too bad. So, but but they're famous for using colorful metaphors. Yes, yes, and you know that's not the only thing too. I would say that um, uh, rock musicians and and uh, performing musicians kind of have a reputation of of being. Uh, I think I think the the slang word is like flaky. I guess it would be, but really just like maybe a little irresponsible or not showing up on time or prepared or this this tends to be and, and i'm not talking small acts i'm talking big acts i'm talking like big names that don't show up on time so it's it tends to be accepted as eh, everybody does it and i say this because my band has really part of our mission is that we want to be the band that stands out we want to be the one we're like wow you know, so we clean up the stage after we were on the stage. We are always on time, guaranteed. Like, that will always happen. We're always prepared. We know our sound stuff and have it all coordinated. We're, we try to be as nice as possible to the sound guys because we know that they're always going through stuff. Right? Like, we really try to be a different band. And then to the point about cursing, I would say that Crystal and I are pretty good about it because we both have kids, you know? So we say we tend to have a little switch that's pretty easy. to ding, 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 you know? <laughs> we're not in rehearsal. You know, so that tends to be okay. It's probably a little harder for other members of our band, but it's been acceptable. Uh, there was one member, though, that we, we I, I will say, that we let go because of an incident where um, we were we were on a stage for uh, family people, and it happened, I think, a couple of times where he, he said the F word yeah. in the microphone to the stage, where to the kids, and that's just, yeah. you know, Unfortunately, unfortunately, they don't know, you know, fans of ours or people who come see us, they don't know his name, but they do know mine and they know Crystal's and then so they come to us like, wow, why did you do that? Why did your band do that? So that's kind of that represents everybody. Everybody in the band represents everybody. And so we got together and kind of decided it was it was it was necessary um, to, to move on. But, yeah, we, we take that stuff in Limberlost very seriously. Big time. You know, one of the saddest things. Was I, I got kind of close to, and I forget their name as right now, but um, I got kind of close to a young rock band. They had two really, really gifted guitar players. Uh, they had um, their their lead singer. They they called it. He had LSD, lead singer disease, but he was he was. But he was, <laughs> 
You you can have that that's free, but but the guitar player said, "Yeah, we got a lead singer, and he's got lead singer disease. He's got LSD, and uh, and so so." But they would go to Sturgis. I saw them at the high dive, and oh. uh, they had a tendency to drink heavily on stage. And mm. I don't mean lightly. I mean the 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 lead singer before he began singing took like four fingers of of, of bourbon. Uh, in a glass and down the whole thing. And then by the end of the night, he could barely stand up. I don't know how he sang, but he could barely stand up. Anyway, they went to Sturgis like four years in a row. And then then after I had, uh, I wasn't around them anymore, uh, I they put out a GoFundMe because coming back from Sturgis in their, in their van in, or in their mobile home, they got into an accident and everything was destroyed all oh, their equipment and everything. And it's because they were, they weren't being responsible about the music. And I stopped hanging out with them because they weren't responsible. I thought they played well, but they weren't responsible enough to handle the music well and handle their personal responsibilities and stuff like that. So, um, so now they're, they're done because they can't, uh, um, they lost all their equipment and they ended up breaking oh. up and all that kind of stuff. But, and I know that you guys are a little bit older, so you don't do that. You, you take your, you take the music seriously, which is, I really appreciate that. Well, we take the business seriously too. I, I understand that. I think this is also part of the, the rap horror, you know, when people do those mind bending kind of, you know, drugs or whatever they get their hands on, you do tend to have creativity, right? It, that's that's just, it's just whatever, it happens. And so music can, okay, but we take the business seriously. We take our music seriously. We take the business seriously too. That's kind of the difference too, right? And if we're talking business, you don't show up to work drunk. No. Right? You don't show up to work high. You don't show up to work messed up where you can't stand up. That's just not how you do. You show up to work on time and prepared and you're looking good because you want to come back, right? Like that's the thing. So we take that very, very, very seriously. I would say, no, you know, it's not like we don't take a drink. Well, of course, you know, we're at there at Sturgis. Like, yeah, of course I'm gonna have a drink, but I'm I'm gonna be able to sing on stage. Everyone in the band will be able to do their part, and we're very serious about that. And the name of the band again is limber lost definitely check us out we've got huge things coming up i'd love to share about it but you know to your point too we've worked with some people um some really awesome people um producers of ours who who wouldn't work with other bands because of those issues because they would see alcoholism or drug drug use and then chose to work with our band because they don't see that which is really nice well, as a producer, I would imagine that they're, you're interested in producing the music and having it being done well and having people listening to you uh, when you make suggestions and stuff. And if people are not paying attention because they're too busy with filling their flask, as it were, um, then that would be a difficult uh, place to be. And it also takes a lot more time, I would think. Yeah. It does. So, it, it, Frank, it's a waste of time, right? Yeah, it so is. So I got to ask you, because what's it like? Because most of us, uh, and I've asked people that are actors who've been on the red carpet, 
um, and people that have interviewed actors that have been on the red carpet. And see, you're way over. I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I, and I ask people that have done unusual things because most of us don't get the opportunity to do that. So what's it like when you uh, and your band, you're backstage and, and you get announced and, and the crowd is excited to see you and stuff and you walk onto stage? What does that feel like? Uh, well, it's, it, you know, I stutter because there's, there isn't a good word for it. There's no good combination of words for it, but I can tell you that that feeling is probably one of the feelings that motivates all musicians. Cause once you feel that once you're on the stage and you, you get the energy and it isn't, I think some people probably get like an ego thing out of it. It's really actually taking ego aside. Cause when I'm on stage, I don't feel like me. If I were bringing myself on stage, I'd be scared to death. Right? <laughs> like, like I feel exposed. Like I'm showing something for me. It's more like you put on a mask. And you choose to wear that mask in front of the audience and you have a purpose. Your purpose is to delight and inspire and, and get those people to have a good time. And so when that starts to happen, when you go on stage and you hear delight and cheer and they're excited for you and they're dancing. I think the very first time I had people dancing to one of my songs was a, a profound moment for me where I really... Um, Oh, I'm having a little thing with my phone. Let's see if it's still good here. No, you good. You we good. still got you. Are we good? Okay, I just got a thing saying my my device is overheating, so I'm gonna turn the the screen well, brightness if, down. So if it blows up, we'll know. Is it plugged um, into okay. a charger right now? Hey! <laughs> we made it 48 minutes. <laughs> if it's plugged into a charger right now, you can unplug it. Oh, it is. Will that pro is that what's probably doing it? Okay. Uh, go ahead and okay. unplug it. Yeah. You're good. There, I did that. Perfect. So, yeah, I would say that the very first time I, I saw people really dancing to to a song that I wrote, you know, that was one of my my original compositions, and um, you know, afterwards, people going, "Yeah, play more like that," and really cheering. That was that's a profound moment because you feel really fulfilled, like you've done the job that you you've been put on this planet to do, which was to delight and inspire others. Well, first of all, Nathan, was that you that wrote in about uh, that talked about in Agata de Vida? Oh, yeah. I'm not promoting, you know, writing music after drinking a bunch of wine. But I was just thinking about your discussion about that and uh, the song very popular in Agata de Vida by Iron Butterfly was actually recorded after uh, who was it? Uh, Ron Bushy said that Doug Engelda wrote the song one evening while drinking a whole bunch of wine, and <laughs> it was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden, but the producers and whatever could not comprehend what he was singing, so it became Inagata da Vida. <laughs> That's a funny story. Amazing story. And now it's like a top 40 song, you know? <laughs> of, all, of all time, and it was like, it was supposed to be in the garden of Eden. And well, I that's why I it. had to acknowledge the, okay, and there is a weird connection between, <laughs> like, people getting drunk and writing really good songs. So I'm not, and I'm certainly not going to say do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. But, you know, when, when, when people are reacting to a song that you wrote 
And as, as an example, I've often asked myself, you know, Paul McCartney has been on tour for like ever. And he's always, he always, you know what I mean? He's, they started the whole thing. That's how I see it. And now he's 80 and he still goes on stage and he still plays Hey Jude. And I can't, but the reason he gets excited about playing that is that the entire stadium or 50,000 people or whatever's there, they're all and they're all doing that together in unison. And that, that would have to give you goosebumps. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm brought to another story. It was an interview I saw of Mariah Carey where she made a similar comment and I was really surprised by it. It stuck with me. This, this comment she made that her, her least favorite song of her, um, of her discography is, is hero, which is the one that's probably one of the most favorite uh, famous songs that, that she's written, you know, and she's constantly asked to sing it. I mean, obviously not as the, the, the Christmas song <laughs> is like her big one. Right. But she's not a big fan. She's not a big fan of that one. She doesn't like it, but she goes out and she does it because she constantly gets the request to do it. You know what I mean? And so she does and she fulfills that request. And the, the question was like, do you do what, what do you do if you do songs you ever hate your songs, you stop singing them because you hate them. And she goes, no, not if people want them. If, you know, if, if I know that people want that or people are coming to that show because they want that song, I'm going to sing that song. And I remember, you know, and I'm paraphrasing a lot uh, about whatever that interview was, but I remember that sticking with me. Like that's, that's a real professional who would, who would do that. And that's serving the music. It's serving the, the point. Right. Well, and I think that when you get to be like Mariah Carey or 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 Britney Smith or people like that, um, <laughs> you stop it. <laughs> that uh, um, you honor the craft, and honoring the craft means that if you've got a song that you're going to have people standing in the aisle, dancing back and forth swaying back and forth with you know taking their lighters and lighting their lighter and 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 it means something because you know you don't know what the music that you've produced and created you don't mm-hmm. know how it has impacted somebody's life sure. i'll give i'll give you an example you know who uh, leanne womack is oh yeah oh yeah she did a song back in 2001 2002 which was um oh gosh um it was uh, oh i can't remember the name of it suddenly um but it it was um i I hope you dance okay and that song led me to leave my position as a district sales manager and go on the radio i used that song I, i i edited that song and used it for the opening of the show and he, and so I've never met her. I probably never will meet her. And but she, what had played a fundamental place in my life that has led to today. So twenty years later, after two thousand interviews and over and two thousand shows, I'm still doing it today. And she's partially responsible for that. That's incredible! Wow, what an incredible story, Kevin. Like. You know, you never know when you put out art, how that art is going to impact other people. And that's, but that's the same too about being on the radio. 
you know, when you do what you do and you have the guests that you have on Kevin and you, you're speaking that you never know who's listening and who's being impacted and whose day or potentially life has been changed because of what they heard. Do you know why I do this? I do this primarily the, the, the main reason that I'm, that I'm so passionate about this was the last day that I, I did the show in 2003 and uh, they told me they, couldn't pay my bills, so they told me, "Yeah, you're out of here." And uh, and I said, "Can I have one more show?" And when I announced the show was going off the air, the phone lines filled up, and it filled up with people that had things to say, like, "You know, I'm sitting here looking at a pile of books on the floor that I bought because of your show." And mm-hmm. another one said, "I met two people that are the best friends of my life because of your show." And another one said. I had breast cancer and now I'm feeling much better because of the nutritionist you had on. His name is Jerry Armour. He since passed. But the one that got me the most, and I've told this story a lot. I don't think I've told it on the air, is that uh, a gal called, and it was Carol from Bainbridge Island. And uh, Carol, if you're still with us, uh, God bless you. But um, she said, we are sitting here and we are devastated that you are going off the air. And I, and I said, well, I'm sorry. And this is, you know, I explained it again. Why? And she said, no, you, you don't understand. Uh, I'm an Alzheimer's caregiver. And she and I sit here and listen to you because you can still reach her. Um, the way you laugh makes her laugh. And she said, there he goes again. And so it was a moment in time that taught me that we all have an impact. We can have a positive impact or a negative impact, but we all have an impact on everybody that we meet in life. And so don't poo-poo it. Don't say, oh, I just, you know, whatever. Um, It's important. And what you do is extremely important. And I'm sorry I brought you to tears. but uh, You did, you did. No, don't apologize. It's a very good story. Thank you. And, but that taught me that this is what, I need to be doing, and I'm hoping that I can get the support that I need from people around the world that will keep keep Positive Talk Radio going because I get to talk to people like you, and I know your background. I know that you are centered, and you, are, you believe in humanity, and you really want to help people. And so we're going to run. Dang it, we're going to run out of time, so you're going to have to come back. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> So uh, we've just got uh, about a minute, a minute and a half. I'm going to set us my, I'm going to step aside and I want you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I do. I have one thing for you to, to check out. I want you all to go on Amazon. And if you go on Amazon and look up Pipsqueak Piano Book, on Amazon, you're going to find a book series, and this one right here, the toddler one. Uh, this was kind of my uh, fun little thing I put out on Amazon. I, I really put it there just so that parents had an easy way to download and or buy the book if they wanted it, even though it comes with all of the kids in the program that they enroll in. But you know what? This book has actually been selling really well and all over the world. It's been selling in Australia and Germany and Canada, and I sell it almost daily, and I don't advertise for it at all. So please... Go check this out. Go check out Pipsqueak Piano. And you'll also find Study Show. You'll find the other amazing musicians who are also out.
out there doing what I'm doing. There are people out there who also believe in the advocacy of preschool piano and preschool music. And you'll find all of that on my website, pipsqueakpiano.com. So thank you so much again, Kevin, for having me here today. And um, you know what? I think that your mission is amazing and I hope to serve you on your mission too. You're coming back because we've got more to talk about. You need to put your book on your website. Dang it. I didn't see it. So, Oh, I think it's there. Curriculum, I got to make it better then. I got to make it easier for you to get. Note, note taken, mister. Note taken. <laughs> Brittany Smith, she is a, a singer with um, the band Limber Lost. She has got pipsqueak piano. Have her kid, have your kid take piano lessons from her or somebody that she recommends. I highly encourage it. And thank you so much for being here. I've enjoyed this hour immensely. Thanks so much, Kevin. I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks. And by the way, everybody, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. And we'll see you at three o'clock on Kixie.